بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم اجمعين tonight i wanted to read for our majlis um the 21st chapter of the kashf al-mahjub of sayyid ali hajwari rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala uh, for those of us who have had the pleasure and enjoyment of visiting the wonderful city of Lahore. Uh, the Sheikh who is popularly known as Data Ganj Bakhsh. Uh, well, many of you have eaten the free charity sweet rice from his mazar. Now you may as well learn something from his, <laughs> from his teachings. Um, he says, Allah Ta'ala has said, uh, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu kutiba alaykum siyam O people who of belief, fasting has been written as a law for you. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said that he was informed by the angel Jibreel alayhi salam that Allah ta'ala said, li wa ana ajzibihi. Fasting is for me and I'm the one who will recompense for it. Because the religious practice of fasting is a mystery unconnected with any external thing, a mystery which none other than Allah ta'ala participates. Hence his recompense is infinite. It has been said that mankind enter paradise through God's mercy and their rank therein depends on their religious devotion and that their abiding therein forever is the recompense of their fasting because Allah said, I have the best right to give recompense for it. So this is an interpretation or an interesting ta'wil. They says that Allah Ta'ala says, I'm the one who will reward for fasting. Um, the reason, the reason for one of the interpretations is the reason for people going to Jannah forever is what? Because Allah Ta'ala, uh, Himself takes it upon Himself to give the reward for fasting unconnected to any sort of mathematical relationship between the amount of good that's done and the amount of reward. And the, the reason for that, he mentions, is very interesting that the, the, the fasting is something that is unconnected with any external state. So unlike salat, which people can see or sense or the dhikr that people can see your lips moving or hear the words uh, being said, unlike um, all of these other uh, you know acts of worship that they can see you walking around the Kaaba or giving charity, fasting is something that is a, kind of a secret between the slave and between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and, and that's the reason he, he says that it has such a high reward. Imam Junaid Baghdadi rahimahullah ta'ala said fasting is half of the tariqah. The path to Allah ta'ala, fasting is half of it. The Shaykh continues, I have seen Shaykhs who fasted without intermission and others who fasted only during the month of Ramadan. The former were seeking recompense and reward from Allah and the latter were renouncing their self-will uh, and renouncing ostentation or showing off. Again, I have seen others who fasted and were not conscious of anyone and ate only when food was set before them. This is more in accordance with the sunnah. It has been related that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ came to Aisha and Hafsa ta'ala and sa- who said to him, We have kept some dates and butter for you. Bring it, he said. I was intending to fast, but I will fast another day instead. The Shaykh continues, I have seen others who fasted on- only on the white days, which are the 13th and 15th, the 13th, 14th, 15th of every lunar month, and on the 10 uh, 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 days of the blessed month of, uh, of Dhul-Hijjah, uh, and also during the sacred months of Rajab, and during the month of Sha'ban, and during the month of Ramadan. Others I have seen who observed the fast of Dawud alayhi salam, uh, which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called the best of fasts, i.e. they fasted one day and broke their fast another. 
Once I came into the presence of Sheikh Ahmed Bukhari, he had a dish of halwa, of sweets before him, uh, from which he was eating, and he made a sign to me that I should eat. As is the way of young men, I answered without any consideration that I was fasting. He asked why. I said, in conformity with such and such a person. He replied to me, it is not right for human beings to conform with human beings. I was about to break my fast because of his, uh, uh, because of what he said. But he said, since you wish to be quit of conformity with uh, uh, him, then do not conform with me either because I also am a human being. This is subhanAllah uh, amazing uh, because... Uh, mashallah, <laughs> nowadays, uh, in some quarters, Sufism has turned into some sort of like a blind hero worship. Uh, something that those of you who have the misfortune of following me on Twitter see me mock as Hazratism that every person is doing some sort of like almost like deification or uh, prophetification of their, uh, of their sheikh, not understanding the sheikh is a human being. Um, and definitely you benefit from their state and you benefit from their teaching and you should have the utmost of respect for them, but you have to draw a line. And so people think that this kind of like super, uh, uh, indulging in your, your, your teacher's spiritual glory is, is somehow what the soul of is. And this book, the Kashful Mahjub, for those of you who don't know, it's one of the first books written on the, uh, on the, uh, on the subject of the soul of. And you'll see he comes up with a lot of very, very interesting insights that are very well grounded in the hadith of the Prophet and the book of Allah and, and interestingly also in the aqidah of the of the Muslims. So he mentions this that he was fasting when he visited a sheikh the sheikh Ahmed Bukhari um and he he put some halwa in front of him and uh, he says no I'm fasting uh, as is the practice of such and such sheikh and the sheikh told him um that that you shouldn't conform to any other human being. And when he heard that he was about to break his fast. And then the sheikh also did something which was like, you know, uh, light on light and gold on top of gold, which is he says, now because I'm a human being and you're about to listen to what I said, just keep fasting because you shouldn't conform to me either. Um, which is, uh, which is uh, an amazing insight and shows that these people, what they wanted and what we want also, Allah Ta'ala gives the tawfiq out of this life is only the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and anything and that's something that's very far from any sort of hero worship or blind, uh, 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 blind following of anybody. Is it since you wish to be quit of conformity with him, do not conform with me for I too am a human being. And this is very, uh, amazing and very beautiful. It's a kamal of his nafi of his self. It's a perfection of his negation, even of his own self and giving a superior piece of advice. Fasting is really abstinence, and this includes the whole method of Sufism. The last degree or the least degree in fasting is hunger, which is God's food on the earth and is universally commended in the eyes of the law and reason. One month's continual fasting is incumbent on every reasonable Muslim who has attained manhood uh, or adulthood. The fast begins on the appearance of the moon of Ramadan and continues till the appearance of the moon of Shawwal, and for every day, a sincere intention and firm obligation are necessary. Abstinence involves many obligations, i.e. keeping the belly without food and drink and guarding the eye from lustful looks and the ear from listening to evil speech about anyone in his absence and the tongue from vain or foul words and the body from following after worldly things and disobedience to God. Whoever acts in this manner is truly keeping his fast for the Apostle Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to a certain man, when you fast, let your ear 
uh, let your ear fast in your eye uh, and your tongue and your hand in every limb. He also said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, many one has no good of his fasting except hunger and thirst. Meaning they don't receive any reward and they're definitely not developing themselves. He then shares his own personal experience and says, I dreamed that I saw the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and asked him to give me some words of advice. And he replied, imprison your tongue and your senses. The shaykh uh, uh, then expounds, to imprison the senses is complete mujahada, complete struggle, because all kinds of knowledge are required through the five senses, sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. Four of the senses have a particular locus, but the fifth, namely touch, is spread over the entire body. Everything that becomes known to a human being passes through these five doors, except for intuitive knowledge uh, um, and divine inspiration. And in each sense, there is a purity and an impurity. For just as they are open to knowledge, reason, and spirit, so they are open to imagination and passion, being organs which partake in the piety and the sin of felicity and misery. Therefore, it behooves him who is keeping a fast to imprison all the senses in order that they may return from disobedience to obedience. There's a very usuli outlay of how a person can cleanse the, 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 the roads to the heart as a means to cleansing the heart. To abstain from only food and drink is child's play. One must abstain from idle pleasures and unlawful acts, not just from eating lawful food. I marvel at those who say that they are keeping a voluntary fast and yet fail to perform an obligatory duty. Uh, this reminds me of an internet uh, uh, poster that's going around with regards to the Sheikh uh, uh, Muhtar Shinkhiti uh, uh, in, in Medina Munawwara that he he said that that the sweat that a person perspires on their way to uh uh, uh dhuhr during Ramadan is worth more with Allah Ta'ala than the, the tears that they shed during the tarawih um because what because performing your obligations properly is a higher priority than performing the voluntary acts performing voluntary acts in the deen uh, they only gain nur when a person is performing their obligations properly. Now, as a Desi, that's very difficult to hear because in our Desi popular religion, uh, Tarawih is some kind of like a very sacred fard. And uh, um, so many people will not go to the masjid for their five daily prayers, but they will, um, they'll, they'll make extra effort to go to Tarawih. And uh, the fact of the matter is, had they gone for their five daily prayers, they would have received more reward. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons I think the Mashaikh don't bring this up is that many people will say, okay, well, I'll just go to Zuhr instead. And, uh, uh, they'll just go to Zuhr for a couple of days and they'll stop going to Zuhr as well. <laughs> and, uh, 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 you know, then both sides are lost. But from an Usuli point of view, and this is the issue that, that the Sheikh is bringing up as well, um, keeping the, keeping the obligations is a, is a higher, is a higher, uh, calling and has more reward than doing things that are voluntary. I marvel at those who say that they are keeping a voluntary fast yet fail to perform an obligatory duty. Not to commit sin is obligatory whereas continual fasting is a prophetic custom which may be observed or neglected. When a man is divinely protected from sin, all his circumstances are a fast. Meaning the person not divinely protected in the sense of isma, because that's only for the prophets in the sense of infallibility, rather divinely protected in the sense that they have tawfiq, that they want to avoid sin and Allah allows them to. It has been related by Abu Talha al-Maliki that Sahal bin Abdullah al-Tustari was fasting on the day of his birth and also on the day of his death because he was born in the forenoon and tasted no milk until after the Maghrib prayer. 
and on the day of his decease, he was keeping a fast. But continuous uh, fasting, or wisal, has been forbidden by the Messenger of Allah wasallam. For when he fasted continuously, his companions uh, conformed with him, and in that respect he forbade them, saying, I am not as one of you, I passed a night with my Lord who gives me food and drink. The votaries of self-mortification, or the, the, the followers, the devotees of mujahada, uh, the path of, uh, of struggling against the self in order to find Allah Ta'ala, assert that this prohibition was an act of indulgence, not a veto declaring such uh, uh, fasts to be unlawful. And, and others regard them as contrary to the sunnah. Uh, but the fact is that continuance or wisal uh, in fasting is in itself impossible. So he sees that there are branches of the Sufis who... Uh, uh, advocated mujahada as a way to Allah Ta'ala and from amongst them there are those people who saw this uh, uh, um, custom of fasting continuously uh, uh, to be permissible and so he negates that and really the amongst the Sufiya if there were people who saw that as being permissible the fuqaha uh, uh, to my knowledge without exception uh, 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 deemed it impermissible and uh, he takes the side of the fuqaha as a sound person of sound spirituality would he says, the fact is that we saw is impossible because the day's fast is interrupted by the night, or at any rate because uh, 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 it cannot continue beyond a certain period. It is related by Sahil bin Abdullah of Tustar that he used to eat only once in 15 days. When the fast of the month of Ramadan arrived, he ate nothing until Eid and performed 400 raka'ahs every night. This exceeds the limit of human endurance and cannot be accomplished by anyone without the divine aid, which itself becomes a nourishment. And he'll come back to this issue after after a little bit in a very good way, and he'll explain it further. It is well known that the Sheikh Abu Nasr Sarraj, the author of the Kitab al-Lum'ah, was uh, surnamed the... Tawus al-Fuqara, the peacock of the, those who were poor in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning amongst the people who, uh, uh, the people of Allah's remembrance and the people of humility in front of Allah, he was the peacock amongst them. He was given a private chamber in the uh, uh, Shuniziyah Masjid and was appointed to preside over the 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 other uh, darwishes that, that stayed in that uh, khanqa uh, to worship Allah Ta'ala uh, all the way until Eid. During the nightly prayers of Ramadan or Taraweeh, he recited the entire Quran five times. Every night a servant brought a loaf of bread to his room. When he departed from the khanqa uh, on the day of Eid, the servant found all 30 loaves of bread untouched. Ali bin Bakkar relates that Hafs al-Misisi uh, ate nothing in Ramadan except for on the 15th day of the month. We are told that Ibrahim bin Adham fasted from the beginning to the end of Ramadan, uh, and, and uh, although it was the month of July, he worked every day as a harvester and gave his wages to the other, uh, uh, to the other darvishes, the other people of dhikr and remembrance, and prayed from nightfall till daybreak. They watched him closely and saw that he neither ate nor slept. It is said that Sheikh Abu Abdullah uh, Khafif, during his life, kept 40 uninterrupted fasts of 40 days. And I have met with an old man who used to annually keep two fasts of 40 days in the desert. I was present at the deathbed of Danishmand Abu Muhammad uh, Banghari, uh, and he said that he tasted no food for 80 days and had not missed a single occasion of praying salat with congregation in public. At Maru, there are two spiritual sheikhs. One was called Mas'ud and the other was called Sheikh Abu Ali uh, Siyah. 
Mas'ud sent a message to Abu Ali saying, How long shall we make empty pretensions? Come, let us sit fasting for 40 days. Abu Ali replied, No, let us eat three times a day and nevertheless require only one wudu during these 40 days. Uh, so I guess, uh, I guess some people you don't, you know, they have ranks above others and Allah Ta'ala knows best. The difficulties of this question are not yet removed. Ignorant persons conclude that continuous and continuance in fasting is possible while the physicians allege that such a theory is entirely, entirely baseless. I will now explain the matter in full. To fast continuously without infringing on the, uh, on the divine command is a miracle, a karama. Miracles have a special, not a general application. If they were vouchsafed to all, faith would not be uh, an act of necessity uh, uh, faith would afwan, be an act of necessity, meaning that if everyone could do stuff like this uh, miraculously, uh, then then faith would be an act of necessity, and the people who have the gnosis of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not be recompensed on account of that gnosis. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought evidentiary miracles or mu'jizat, and therefore divulged in his continuous fasting. Therefore, he divulged his continuous fasting, meaning not only did he fast continuously, but he let people know about it. But he forbade the awliya and the people of karamat uh, to divulge it, because a karama involves concealment. The miracles of the saints involve concealment, whereas a mu'jizah, which is the miracles of the prophets, uh, involve revelation. There is a clear distinction between the miracles performed by the prophets and those performed by the awliya. And, to, and the knowledge of that will be sufficient for anyone who is divinely guided. The 40 days fast of the saints are derived from the fast of Musa alayhi salam, uh, which is mentioned in the Quran, the Miqat of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam with his Lord 40 days. When the saints desire to hear the word of God spiritually, they remain fasting for 40 days. After 30 days have passed, they rub their teeth. Uh, 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 then they fast for 10 days more. And God speaks to their heart because whatever the prophets enjoy openly, the saints may enjoy secretly. Whatever the prophets enjoy openly, the saints may enjoy secretly. A person may ask, what does it mean? Uh, that's, uh, I guess I'm the wrong person to ask. And, uh, if you were listening to anything that, uh, was being said right now, uh, even if a person did know what, what it meant, he's not going to tell you on a SoundCloud, uh, recording. But the point of the, the point of sharing this with you is just that there were people from this ummah who were so keen to, uh, so keen to interface with Allah Ta'ala and, uh, contrary to, uh, the propaganda, those were not people who jettisoned the sharia, rather they're the ones who understood the sharia the best and conformed to it the best. And then charlatans who came afterward tried to fake it and they couldn't uh, fake it while keeping the sharia together and Allah Ta'ala knows best. As this is when the saints desire to hear the word of God spiritually, uh, meaning not as revelation but through intuition. They remain fasting for 40 days. After 30 days have fast, passed, they rub their teeth. Then they fast 10 days more and God speaks to their hearts because whatever the prophets enjoy openly, the saints may enjoy secretly. Now hearing the word of God uh, is not compatible with the subsistence of natural temperament. Therefore, the four humors must be deprived of food and drink for 40 days in order that they may be utterly subdued and that the purity of love and the subtlety of the spirit may hold its absolute sway. Uh, suffice to say, kids, uh, don't try this at home. Regarding hunger and the matters connected with it. 
Hunger sharpens the intelligence and improves the mind and health. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Make your bellies hungry and your livers thirsty and your bodies naked that uh, perchance your hearts may see God in this world. Now, uh, a slight note, uh, Ali Hajwari was not a muhaddith, so he may mention a hadith here and there that are, that are, 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 are uh, you know, upon scrutiny, not sahih hadith. Um, and a couple of them, they're, they're actually so far out that, uh, that, uh, I, I can't even find any asl for them. But the idea is, is, is correct, uh, and you should understand it in the, in the, uh, the context of the sacred law. Make your bellies hungry and your livers thirsty and your bodies naked. Not meaning like show your nakedness to people, but, uh, but, but meaning don't, don't close yourself, clothe yourself in extravagant, extravagant clothings so that your hearts may see God in this world. Although hunger is an affliction to the body, it illuminates the heart and purifies the soul and leads the spirit into the presence of Allah. To eat one's fill is an act worthy of a beast. One who cultivates his spiritual nature by means of hunger in order to devote himself entirely to God and detach himself from worldly ties is not on the same level as one who cultivates his body uh, uh, by means of gluttony and serves his lusts. This is a very important point that people who are so accustomed to eating their full fill that they never go without it, um, those people, they've literally cultivated their nafs. Cultivate means what? It's like to prepare a piece of land in order to, to see a harvest. And so the harvest they prepared it for is just a harvest of, of the ego. Uh, and if a person isn't able to control their nafs from self-fulfillment every single time, um, then they shouldn't be surprised when the deen doesn't make a whole lot of sense to them and they're not able to, you know, uh, control themselves. It doesn't mean that a person has to be hungry all the time, but if you can't do it even some of the time, it's it's a problem. One who cultivates a spiritual nature by means of hunger in order to devote himself entirely to God and detach himself from worldly ties is not on the same level as one who cultivates his body by means of gluttony and serves his lusts. The men of old ate to live, but you live to eat. For the sake of a morsel of food, Adam fell from paradise, alayhi salam, and was banished far from the neighborhood of Allah. He whose hunger is compulsory is not really hungry, because one who desires to eat after God has decreed the contrary uh, uh, is virtually eating. He says what? He says, His, uh, he whose hunger is compulsory is not really hungry, uh, because one whose desire to eat after God has decreed the contrary is virtually eating. The merit of hunger belongs to him who abstains from eating, not him who is debarred from eating. Uh, Katani in his Nafahat says, The novice shall sleep only when he is overpowered by slumber and speak only when he must and eat only when he is starving. According to some, starvation or faqa involves uh, abstention from food for two days and two nights. Others say three days and three nights or a week or 40 days because true mystics believe that a sincere man, a sadiq, is only hungry once in 40 days and his hunger merely serves to keep him alive uh, and all hunger besides uh, is natural appetite and vanity. You must know that all the veins in the bodies of the Gnostics, the people who know Allah Ta'ala, are evidence of the divine mysteries and that their hearts are tenanted by visions of the Most High. Their hearts, uh, 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 their hearts, uh, are doors opened in their breasts and at these doors are stationed reason and passion. 
Reason is reinforced by the spirit and passion by the lower soul. The more natural humors are nourished by food, the stronger does the lower soul become, and the more impetuously is passion diffused through the members of the body. And in every vein, a different kind of veil or hijab is produced. But when the food is withheld from the lower soul, it grows weak, and the reason gains strength, and the mysteries and evidences of God become more visible until, when the lower soul is unable to work and passion is annihilated, every vain desire is effaced in the manifestation of the truth, Jalla wa'ala, uh, uh, in the manifestation of the truth, Jalla wa'ala, and the seeker of God attains the whole of his desire. This is a very important lesson, and he's put in very fancy uh, uh, wording to the point where I think maybe people will not understand what's being said. To put it in plain English, uh, without hunger, you're not going to be able to subdue the thoughts in your mind, which which lead your heart to believe that this world is nothing but money and and and, and sexual indulgence and uh, carnal indulgence. When you're able to not only be hungry but sustain hunger in yourself. Slowly, slowly, you will weaken, you will weaken that impulse inside of you to the point that the heart will start to naturally attract toward, uh, existence being, uh, only validated by knowing Allah Ta'ala and by doing works of good and good deeds and telling the truth and being an honorable and upright person. Um, and that's one of the beauties about Ramadan is that the person in his first fast feels different, in his 10th fast feels different, in his 20th fast feels different, and in his 29th and 30th fast feels different. Meaning by the end of the month, a person, mashallah, has, you know, uh, uh, you know, become already like 80% of an angel if they're doing their fast correctly because they have so uh, again and again beat down the lower uh, soul that the process of thinking is reshaped and refashioned um, in order to be uh, in accordance to the higher realm rather than the lower realm, which, you know, constantly nags a person's heart in order to try to convince them that there's nothing in this world except for money and food and, and, and carnal desires. Uh, Allah Ta'ala give us the higher uh, station and, and, and prevent the lower station from, from, from robbing the liquor store of our heart and, and making us bankrupt on the Day of Judgment when we meet Him. It is related uh, that Abu Abbas al-Qassab said, My obedience and disobedience depend on two cakes of bread. When I eat, I find myself the stuff of every sin, but when I abstain from eating, I find myself the fountain of every act of piety. The fruit of hunger is contemplation of God, mushahada, of which the forerunner is mujahada. The fruit of hunger is a contemplation of God, uh, and what comes before the contemplation of God is what? Uh, struggling against your own self. You won't be able to contemplate Allah Ta'ala until you've been through a requisite amount of struggle. You won't be able to bear witness to Allah and mushahada until you've done a requisite amount of struggle, which is mujahada. Repletion combined with contemplation is better than hunger combined with mortification. Uh, to, uh, to eat uh, and, and, and bear witness to God is better than uh, being hungry and struggling against your own soul because contemplation is the battlefield of the men, whereas mortification is the playground of children. Meaning what? You will train kids at first by, by what? Your harshness and your threats to them or your promises of reward. When someone gets to a PhD level, uh, you no longer threaten them with time out or, or, or give them uh, a candy for being good. Rather, they're on a completely different level. But the idea is that this mujahada and struggle against the soul is a prerequisite to be able to get there. And unfortunately, if you get on Twitter and Facebook, 
uh, you know, the person who uses Facebook has made big bakwas. Um, the unfortunate part is there are a lot of people who pretend that they're at the, the point where, uh, they're, you know, making mushahada of the divine. And the fact of the matter is that, that none of us, illa man rahima rabbu, except for a few of us that Allah has had a very, 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 uh, uh, um, special type of mercy on have put in the requisite struggle and difficulty uh, uh, and, and, and struggle against the soul in order to be able to be allowed into the court where they can witness the, the divine and his workings uh, but many of us pretend like it's there brothers and sisters by pretending it's not going to make it true by putting in the work, maybe one day Allah Ta'ala will give us the opening of our spiritual eye inside and the eye of the heart, the insights that Allah gave to His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to His uh, companions uh, of His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the awliya and the ulama and the salihin. But if we don't put in the struggle that those people put in, if we're cu- accustomed to eating and indulging all of our uh, all of our desires, whether it's during the day or whether it's at the time of iftar, then how are we ever going to uh, be able to understand the knowledges? Because not every knowledge is taken from a book. Some are are are, are discernments and no sees in the heart. How are we ever going to be able to understand those 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 branches of knowledge that that were opened up to? Uh, our pious forebears before us, except for through struggle and through going through difficulty uh, and suppressing the nafs through hunger and through through matters like that. And I'm the one who's most in need of those things, and I'm the one who's run away the most from them. I don't claim any sort of maqam over another person. But uh, all I can say is whatever little benefit I've had, if uh, a person sees that I have any sort of benefit, it's been through that mujahada. And if I've seen anything, it's been through that mujahada and that difficulty. We need to not run away from it or think of it as a plague. We need to not run away from it as if it's death. Rather, in it, there's a great life for us and there's a great benefit and a great mercy for us. And we shouldn't run away from it. And we should put it on ourselves and impose it on ourselves in metered doses as is the sunnah of Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions. And we should impose it in metered doses on our children and on those people who uh, are uh, in our charge and in our care. Uh, not going overboard, but also uh, not uh, uh, completely uh, 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 abstaining from, from that mujahada. Uh, because, uh, like the, the text said, a person who's never, uh, imposed on themselves hunger and never gone without indulging a passion that they've had or, or a difficulty that they've, uh, you know, not gone without lifting a difficulty that they're going into immediately, uh, that person, how are they going to, how are they going to be able to remove the veils that are there in every single vein of their body? Uh, and how are they going to imbibe and imbue the light that Allah Ta'ala has given, given to the people who know Him? Uh, this is something Imam Ghazali talks about as well, and even Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam talks about uh, shaitan flowing through a human being um, as uh, as blood flows through their veins. Shaitan flowing through a person's veins as blood flows through through their veins, and to use fasting as a means to constrict those veins and squeeze shaitan out. Uh, so inshallah, this is some himma for, for those of us, especially in the more northerly reaches that are going through uh, this very difficult and long fast, 
that what you're doing is not in vain and the the blessing and the return for it is much greater than whatever you're, you're losing in terms of food and drink. So rejoice and be happy that Allah Ta'ala doesn't write these things for someone except for it's because He wants them to know Him uh, and He wants to be known by that person. And that's the greatest gift of all. It's greater than money and it's greater than material property and wealth uh, and those uh, temporary and perishing things of this world. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give all of us um, from his gnosis that we should know him uh, in this world and the hereafter and from his friendship and his wilaya that we should be his friends and that he should befriend us as well and from his love that we should love him and he loves us and from his rida that he, we should be pleased with him and he be pleased with us before we pass from this world and we're definitely getting the better end of the deal uh, should Allah Ta'ala accept Allah Ta'ala accept from all of us so sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in